This is the Canna Curio Podcast by Cannabis Media, your source for cannabis and hemp license updates directly from the data vault. Don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Media newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay informed of future episodes and data releases. Welcome to the Canna Curio Podcast powered by Cannabis Media. We're your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. On today's show, we're joined by Mark Diener, Senior Product Manager of Ulabo USA. Ulabo is a longtime friend and subscriber of the Cannabis Media platform and team, and we're so excited to have them on the show. Mark does have quite a bit to share with us, but as always, we're going to check in with Ed to see what he's uncovered this week from the Data Vault. Ed? Hi, Amanda. Uh, a couple things that we've been working on. Uh, just published the fourth blog post that came out of the software stack report that we've touched on the last couple of weeks. So this Ooh. one was on the advisory sector, which uh, focuses on consultants as well as uh, essentially data analytics firms. So that was fun to dig back into that. And then I'm also working on a blog post that covers regulators across the U.S. So uh, one of our research team leaders put together all the regulators that manage these licenses that we have. So I'm doing a, a look to see, you know, who is the biggest regulator in the land. Ooh, any uh, any hypothesis, any uh, predictions here, Ed? Yeah, all roads lead to Oklahoma, I think. Uh, <laughs> they've figure. got OMMA, I think, has like 9,000 plus licenses. So that, that pretty much puts them at the top of the heap, I think. All right. Well, definitely looking forward to reading more about that uh, in the the next week or so. Uh, As always, thank you for the update, Ed. As mentioned, uh, we will be joined with Mark Diener of Ulabo USA. Mark is on the show with us today. Thanks for joining. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Amanda. Great to be here. We're so happy to have you. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself, Mark. How long have you been with Ulabo? Well, I have an interesting story with Ulabo. I'm an organic chemist by degree, and in the late 90s, I left the lab to go work for an instrumentation company. And uh, as they developed products for synthesis, they needed units that could heat or cool. And so we became an OEM partner of Ulabo's back in 1998. So I was the person in the field doing pre and post sales support and installation. So I got to uh, know the Ulabo team at that time. And then fast forward, I stayed in the industry and saw Yulabo at all the trade shows. So uh, they created a position for me in 2008, and I've been with them ever since. That's wonderful. I love it. Um, so Yulabo is an interesting, you know, as a company is interesting in the sense that they don't just work within the cannabis industry and didn't start within the cannabis space. Um, so, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about their, their entrance and when they, they joined? Yeah, this is an interesting story. Um, You know, it raised a lot of curiosity uh, when the Western states were the first to legalize recreational. um, We started to get some notice about it. Hey, you know, is this a market for us? And then as those Western states matured a little bit and then some events started happening for exhibits and the like, uh, we sent a couple of people to scope it out back in around 2014 and 2015. And then uh, we discovered that, hey, this is a really viable market for us. And so we've been in the space ever since. So one of the things that we've seen is that for companies like yours that are kind of in the, the hard good space, if you will, um, they also have 
a giant portfolio in other more traditional industries, like let's say, you know, automotive or whatnot. So I'm curious, how is the cannabis division looked upon within Ulabo? Because it's probably different than the other spaces that the company uh, has been in historically. Yeah, that's a good point, Ed. The um, at first there was a lot of skepticism. We're like, you know, is this real? Because uh, back then, at the start, uh, banking was a big issue, and it was a whole cash-only thing. And our finance people were like, how are we going to handle this? And then there was also the legal aspect of, you know, uh, from a corporate perspective, can we really uh, sell to this segment? What's our liability with respect to that? Um, thankfully, all of those things have matured. And the market really now is just a another market segment for our business. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I think back to when um, when Larry and I started this business, we tell people what we're doing. And the first thing they do is tell a joke. Then they'd laugh. And then they'd be like, oh, wait a minute. That's actually a pretty good idea. And I can see, you know, certainly your technology really fits into the space uh, uh, very well. So in, in sort of looking at your space within this marketplace, you know, could you help our uh, listeners understand what are the points of differentiation you know for you in the space is it cost savings increased sales less waste safety all of the above uh pretty much all of the above i mean we are a german manufacturer so we pride ourselves on having high quality high precision temperature control units um so obviously we aren't it, i guess the best analogy would be to look at the automotive industry so our markets are kind of like um, a mercedes BMW or Audi. So we are not the lowest cost product on the market. Uh, but in the cannabis space, from an extraction perspective, if when you're going from plant material to high purity isolate, you know, time is money. So you want to have a high quality product that's highly reliable, uh, minimal downtime, because if the if a unit goes down, the process stops, then that, um, you know, affects the throughput and cash flow for the extractor. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, in terms of the product portfolio that you had, you know, once again, going back to sort of a, an existing business with other industries, did you have to like overhaul the product portfolio to make it fit within cannabis? You know, was it, was it you know, an easy, smooth transition? You know, what, what was that like? Well, for the most part, it was a pretty smooth transition. Some of our partners who were already uh, selling and making equipment for the petrochemical industry for distillation applications, um, they just simply transferred into the cannabis space, and our units on those products uh, fit in fine. Um, but now that uh, extraction has really uh, matured, um, you know, they want lower colder temperatures with high power at like minus 40 C, for example. Uh, that's really not much different than what we experienced in the uh, pharmaceutical industry on controlling uh, glass reactor temperatures for running chemistry reactions. Um, so from that perspective, it's been a pretty easy transition. I mean, some cases we might have to do some minimal customization depending on the application. But by and large, uh, for the most part, all of our products have made a pretty simple transition into the cannabis space. And, and how do you go about reaching the marketplace? Um, you know, obviously, you know, you work with other podcast guests we have, um, uh, precision extraction. And I was curious, do you have a direct sales? Is it a, a VAR channel? You know, what is your way into this, uh, into this marketplace? Uh, it's a varied approach. Um, I mean, uh, 
we work with partners or distributors that focus on the cannabis space. Majority of our sales to end users go through that channel, but we do have some people that come to us direct as well. Um, so it's really three-pronged OEMs, uh, distribution, and direct sales. So uh, when, when you're going through somebody else, is it like... Uh... Is there a big build-out happening, and you're a component, so a giant company is going to say, "All right, we want to use Ulabo for this," and you know, it, it's part of a you know a gigantic uh, uh, creation of a facility, as opposed to let's say a tuck-in, like, "Oh, we need a piece of this equipment." Yeah, it, it's actually kind of both, Ed. Um, I mean, uh, like some of these uh, newer states, like you were mentioning before we started about Oklahoma, um, there are you know, a lot of places going up there. And so they might have a specific design in mind for certain products. And uh, we work with their engineering team to uh, pair our units with theirs. It's in, you know, some cases it could be non-traditional. It's not something that, hey, they're going to company X that, you know, has been in the market selling extraction equipment um, for this whole time. Um, uh, but most most customers are typically going to an equipment provider and, and purchasing a, an existing piece of uh, extraction equipment. Got it. Got it. And uh, one last question I want to ask is, how does your firm segment the market? You know, traditionally, as people look across the United States, there are medical states, there are rec states, there's combinations. You know, does does any of that come into play, or when you get down to the extraction, it kind of doesn't matter because an extract is an extract is an extract. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't matter. Um, but to put, to talk about the medical versus adult, um, obviously the growth driver for the market is when a state does become recreationally legal, because then that I mean, in history has shown, and you can look at the data and your platform that um, the sales are quickly surpassed the medicinal market. Um, and then with respect to hemp, um, I mean, that's a whole different ball game because so much acreage has been planted. Um, there are so many more products being developed and that scale for hemp extraction has gone industrial. I mean, that's gotten huge. But yeah. the big, big question about the hemp market is, uh, you know, what is the FDA going to do? And now the DEA just recently poked their head into that too. So I think there's a lot of question marks for both cultivators and processors with respect to hemp. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, the federalization in that space has been welcomed by some because uh, a few have opined that this may give us some insights as to how cannabis may someday be regulated. But uh, yeah, on the CBD side, it's definitely getting a little bit more uh, interesting. And then, you know, certainly with um, the feds approving hemp plants. But I was curious, one thing that I hear a lot when we talk to folks on the uh, hemp side is that there's way too much cultivation going on and not enough processing. I mean, are you seeing that where you've got, you know, uh, a backlog of processor orders because people really need to uh, to be able to work with hemp? Uh, yeah, and and then the, what processors are there? Um, it's driving the price of CBD CBD isolate down to the point where they're having issues with profitability. So there's mm. got to be some market stabilization. Um, I think once the FDA issues some guidelines, it can get rid of a lot of that snake oil that's on the market, and then I think um, things will turn around. 
Uh, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good point. Because uh, I know in just attending sessions pre-COVID um, and, and a few post-COVID that many have pointed out that there's still a lot of 2019 crops sitting in farms and warehouses and drying out as opposed to uh, making it to the marketplace. So uh, hopefully, as you said, we'll get uh, a reckoning of, uh, of the supply and demand before too long. So Mark, and you've excuse me, <laughs> you guys recently were published in a Cannabis and Tech Today article, uh, and it mentioned that ULABO as a uh, technology or uses several technologies uh, to support the cannabis uh, extraction business. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on what types of technologies you utilize? Uh, certainly, Amanda. Um, well, given the fact that we're still working from home and that um, restrictions for travel are still um, in place, uh, one of the issues is that we can't go to customer sites to assist with installation and workup uh, or training. So we have a product we call V Delivery. It's um, just enabling us to do VideoCon by whatever platform to actually be there to walk the customer through the setup and operation of the unit. Um, normally, we would charge a fee for that, but during the COVID situation, we're offering that for free. Additionally, from a post-sale support perspective, we have a product called um, LucaVision. Um, this is a virtual reality product that we can use from a service perspective to um, expedite um, servicing of units in the field. And we also developed an app. We um, are pretty proud of that. We just launched a new version of that earlier in the year where a user can go on there and actually run a calculation to determine how much heating or cooling power oh, wow. they need. In addition, yeah, it's pretty cool. In addition, they have um, all of our product portfolio on there. And then there are also um, is a page for instructive videos and information that uh, might be helpful for customers. And what's the reception been like uh, how, for new customers, existing customers? You know, how have they responded to your guys' um, adaption to the post-COVID world? Uh, they've been very receptive to, to it. We've done a number of the V-delivery installations, if you will, and um, in our discussions with partners and end users, uh, they really like the fact that we have an app because there are very few instrumentation companies uh, that have that available. Um, so we're looking to actually roll out another module um, this fall, which will also add um, a service component to our mobile app. That's very exciting. Uh, now, you know, kind of going back to um, what you guys have done, you know, this summer, I know that you also published a, you know, kind of Cannabis 101 white paper. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what we will find in that white paper? Sure. Thanks, Amanda. That's a, a basic overview of what our products do in the extraction workflow from the um, extraction with the, whether it be um, hydrocarbon, ethanol, or CO2, all the way to uh, distillation to make a high purity isolate. It's just a nice little entry level a document to provide basic education for people who are curious about the cannabis extraction industry. Arcana curious folks, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I read it and uh, I definitely uh, was smarter after I uh, got through it. So, so thanks for <laughs> putting that together, Mark. So. Don't um, worry, I don't have a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
in a looking ahead sense, there are a number of states contemplating cannabis legalization at the next election. Um, and I'm curious, what does that mean for you and your team in terms of planning? Like, how early does that matter to you in terms of, you know, where you're going to put salespeople or, you know, how you're going to start trying to figure out what the market opportunity is? Yeah, that's a great point, uh, Ed, because there are number of states um, during the election that will be considering either medicinal or recreational. But I think that's what a great powerful tool cannabis media is, is because once the election ends and we know what's happening, um, we can then monitor the license uh, information in your database and then we can notify our account managers accordingly as to, um, hey, this company is opening up a facility in this state. Um, the frustrating thing, though, can be how long it takes from the resolution passing to actual implementation. Um, yep. get, seeing what's happened in other states, that I mean, Massachusetts really took forever. Michigan was a little better. But uh, hopefully some of these states that are anticipating passage um, have all of their um, everything lined up now to implement once they get the word instead of just starting from ground zero at the beginning. Yeah, there definitely is sort of this this lag that that you've touched upon. I mean, a few states have done it well. I think Missouri issued a plan, came up with it, published their deadlines. Here's when we hope to hit it. And then I think they did a very good job of staying on schedule and actually shared with uh, us who applied for the licenses so that you could even get in there earlier. But a lot of other states have let this process go on for a really long time. Like Maine comes to mind where I think it's been four years since the ballot was passed and they're still trying to figure out how to get licenses out, which ones are provisional, which ones are active. So it's, it's definitely going to be uh, interesting to see how these states react, but at least they have a lot of other states to look at from a historical perspective to see who did well, and who did poorly. Well, Mark, it was a pleasure speaking with you today on today's show. You know, we very much enjoyed uh, learning more about you, Labo, yourself, and just kind of uh, the extraction process in and of itself. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. And we hope to see you guys soon, maybe at a trade show, maybe not. We'll see. But thanks, Mark. Very good. Thank you so much, Amanda. And it All right, Ed, I definitely feel more uh, intelligent regarding extraction process. I, I don't know how you feel, but uh, let's take a look ahead and see uh, what license and data updates you have for us. Yeah, right now the data team and the data science team is really working to bring in a lot of new information we have. So we're doing updates on Oregon cannabis, Pennsylvania hemp, uh, Louisiana CBD um, licenses, as well as Ohio, Montana, and South Carolina hemp. So just a, a lot of information flowing flowing into the system uh, over the next week. Seems like it's a lot a lot of hemp information. Yeah, yeah. And we thought, you know, hemp season was over in terms of licenses, but <laughs> some of the states um, issue licenses year-round instead of just focusing on the kind of agricultural season because we're yeah. moving kind of in a harvest in some states. So it's definitely slowing down a bit but you know we want to make sure that we have information that is accurate timely and comprehensive so we keep going back to the states to try and make sure we have all the information that we can get for our customers wonderful well i'm very much as always looking forward to what you and the data team can present to us uh, so thank you for that update and uh, we'll speak soon Everyone, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We're your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. Stay tuned for more updates from the Data Vault.
Thanks for listening to the Canacurio podcast by Cannabis Media. Stay up to date with the latest episodes of the podcast and get alerts on the latest licensing activity in the United States and Canada, as well as exclusive industry insights by signing up for the Cannabis Media licensing newsletter at cannabis.media newsletter.